Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Good morning, Marian Methodist. Glad to be with you at worship this morning. And before we go to the sermon, I want to invite you to a live conversation that will happen directly after worship at 11.15 next Sunday morning. Um, it will be broadcast through our YouTube live site. Uh, and if you go to the address that you see on the screen, you'll be able to see me and ask questions by typing them in on the comment sections on your screen. And we'll have someone here that'll be sharing those questions with me. There are three or four questions that a lot of you have already asked me, uh, and we can, we'll, we'll start by answering them. And if you have other questions that you'd like to precede Sunday morning, uh, you will want to send them to me at my address that's also there on the screen via email. We hope you'll click in. Uh, we're going to stop at 45 minutes because we all have a lot of questions and answers, but we think noon on Sunday is a good time to stop. Let's go right to the sermon for today. You've heard the scriptures from Galatians 5, and I start with this statement, free will is one of God's greatest blessings to humankind. And I fortify it by saying this, free will is the ability to choose between different courses of actions unimpeded by an outside source. Let, let me give you a little bit of an example. So let's, let's say that there are two drivers driving down. Oh, let's make up a name. Blair's Ferry's Road. And a date. Let's say Thursday at lunchtime. And one of the drivers is, maybe he is exceeding the maximum lawful allowed speed limit by, by just a tad. But as he gets close to where he's going, he puts on his right blinker about 100 yards before he's going. He, he's watching to the left, watching to the right, driving very cautiously. And behind him, he sees a second driver. That second driver also exceeding by a tad the lawful allowed speed limit. But he's very close. It's as if his front bumper wants to kiss the bumper of the car in front of him. And, and when the first car unimpeded by anyone's actions than, than his own, has that blinker on and begins to slow and then turns in uh, to the place he's going for lunch. The second driver, unable to switch from the lane he's in rapidly into the next lane because there's a car then, decides to first put down his iPhone and Big Mac that he was holding both at the same time as he was tailgating this other driver and take the time to both honk and give the Hawaiian hello as he drove by. Both drivers had choices. Both drivers took different courses of actions, and both were unimpeded by any outside source. But my feelings are kind of still hurt. It's been a moment since I've been flipped off. But we drive and we live in our own free will. Adam and Eve 
also lives in their own free will. When they had that moment in the Garden of Eden, the moment we talked about last week, and they chose to willingly go against God's directive, they were unimpeded by God or any other outside source. They simply took the fruit and bit it. They chose the wrong course of action. Now, on the other hand, we know about Noah, too. Uh, Noah's course of action, too, was unimpeded by outside source. He completely used his free will as for months he built this ark at the word of God. He didn't have to. It wasn't forced. He chose out of his free will to do it. And this is God's blessing to us. When, we, when I say free will is one of God's greatest blessings to humankind, God's blessing is that our choices, every one of them, no matter what they are, are unimpeded by any outside source. We have complete free will. And free will is the gateway to our opportunity and responsibility. Now, some of you lived in or grew up in the 70s. And so you know the character Flip Wilson. And sometimes Flip Wilson on his show would have this or that come up, and, and he'd do the wrong thing, and he said, the devil made me do it. And all of you that are of that age were saying that along with me. But what Flip Wilson was saying was that it is our desire, and we all have it, to pass on the responsibility for our choices, especially when they're bad. But God's free will that's given to us says, nope, insert your name here. So in my case, nope, Mike. You have the opportunity and the responsibility for every choice you make, and the same is true for you. You have the opportunity and the choice and the responsibility for every choice you make. So whether you choose chunky peanut butter or creamy peanut butter, it's all you. Where you'll spend your life with and with whom, completely free choice, not managed, dictated, or driven by someone else. And how you respond to God in your life or not, that is completely you. Free will has often been uh, contrasted with predestination in Christian discussion. The, The most common position taken is that our relationship to God is pre-picked. It's it's fixed before even we arrive on the planet. Heaven has limitations, and, and you've seen different groups that believe in different numbers of souls that can fit in there. But when heaven is 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 fixed in scope and limited in scope, then whether a person will faithfully respond to God or not is predetermined. It's predestined. Our eternal destination is predecided. That is to say, it's predestined even before we were born. Now, we United Methodists do not believe this. I repeat this for the YouTube audience. We United Methodists do not believe that. What we believe in regards to predestination is that all people are predestined for salvation. That is to say that it's God's will for us to be in unity with him forever. It's his desire that we spend our eternity, which is happening right now, with him forever. Now, understand this, and this is an important caveat to this discussion. This is not a belief in universal salvation. United Methodists do not believe that everyone is born just because you're born in your life that God is going to take you to heaven. That's why God gives us free will. Free will has a role in this, and we have a role in this. We can choose to receive that for which we were made, which is our eternity, our relationship with God. We can choose that for which we are made or destined, or we can choose against it. Scripture constantly and consistently links salvation to belief. Listen to what the the Gospel of John says. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become children of God. The Apostle Paul affirms this in Acts when he says, or I'm sorry, Luke affirms this when, when Paul is asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He simply says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So if salvation is linked to belief, then you need to be free to believe. You're not predestined. You're not predesigned to believe or not. You're predesigned to choose. The Lord created us with the truth inside of us. He also gave us the option of free choice to deny it. And that's a quote by some guy whose name I can't pronounce. So you'll have to pronounce it at home for yourself. Give it a try. The point of it is, you are free to be free by God's plan. And today's scripture urges us to use our freedom to bless God. See, I also believe that free will is humanity's greatest opportunities to bless God. And the proclamation in Galatians 5, you were called to be free, is directly followed by the warning, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Flesh is not always just what we think of it. Sometimes when we, we talk about flesh, we say, well, flesh has to do with you know, sexual immorality, and that's part of it. Flesh has to do that. But really what we talk about when we're talking about flesh is, is our self-oriented human nature. We think of ourself first. Self-indulgence, self-gratification, uh, you know, that's human nature. That, that's our default. That's what we go to left to our own devices, and it perpetually challenges the true purpose of our freedom. I find a quote in it, and it's uh, attributed to unknown, which usually means nobody wants to claim it, but it goes like this. A person's worst difficulties begin when they're able to do as they like. You know, I thought about that for a long time, and I thought about my own history to, to, to see if that's true. And I remember years ago, and, and I kind of feel like some of the students might feel this summer when they're old enough to kind of move around, but we're kind of feeling held in a little bit. And one evening, one of my colleagues, I'll call him, in the neighborhood had been to Missouri. That meant back in the 70s, that means he had arrived with a bunch of firecrackers and cherry bombs. So he had this idea, and he was always the one that wanted to take me somewhere. Maybe I should not go, but it was kind of fun oftentimes, so I went with him and usually ended up in trouble. And we were on the verge of trouble this night, too, because it was after dark in, in Marion, and we, down on the south side, we crept up on top of one of the local schools, and we knew how to climb up that school real easy, because it was kind of our backyard, such as it was, and so we got up on the top of the school that's named Starry. It wasn't as big as it is now, but we knew we had an idea, so on the top of the school, what we did is we'd light a firecracker and throw it off one side, and then we'd light a firecracker and throw it off the other side. We have all kinds of fun until the local gendarme arrived. And the Marion police came up, and he got out of his car, and we didn't have that many police at night back in those days because we were a smaller and more safe community. And so we would kinda, could kind of see where the policeman was, and we'd light a firecracker and throw it on the opposite side. And he'd walk around, and we'd light a firecracker and throw it on the opposite side. And then we saw the second car come. And that's when we ran off to where we knew we could just jump right off the roof and into the neighborhood and hide in our neighborhood, safe in a way from any punishment from the police. Now, when we say a person's worst difficulties begin 
when they're able to do what they like. In that case, that statement is true. But on the same thing, in the very same neighborhood, I would say the reverse was true of me because I know not too many days after the great fireworks ex- explosions and exhibition that we put on over at Starry School, I was given the opportunity. It was an opportunity. I had a choice in the matter to help one of the elderly folks in the neighborhood completely clear out the the thickets that had grown up over the spring and the summer, tear it down, chop it down with uh, saws and all that kind of stuff, and spent a whole morning and afternoon doing that in my 14th year. There was no pay given, maybe a cold glass of lemonade and a cookie, but I was able to do as I like, and that choice was good. So the problem is not that we're given free choice. The issue is what we use those free choices for. The Christian truth is that that freedom is best used when we use it to glorify God and serve others, not to just fulfill our own personal desires. The warning in Galatians 5 is followed by the aspiration, serve one another in love. We have the freedom to walk in the Spirit. The Spirit gives us the power that we need to meet God's desire of of us serving others, even when it goes against our example. And and it does go against our nature. Now, our primary example in all of this is Jesus. Jesus serves by choice. Remember when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Jesus should have been the one washing the feet. He was the highest, the most notable, the, the, the person of greatest honor in that gathering, and he did the work of the lowest slave. And that's his example. He, he humbles himself. He, he, he gives himself to others. Do you remember the day when Jesus fed 5,000 people at the lakeside? He was the one that should have been being served food in, in, in a high table in a wonderful place, but instead he was the one who fed everyone. And, and do you notice how throughout his ministry, Jesus walks every way, everywhere. This is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He should have been carried on a throne from place to place like other royalty in his day. But he chose to walk with the common person, even though he should have been carried. And we see this really come to its fruition when Paul writes in Philippians. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. See, Jesus' use of his free will relieves our shackles, the shackles of our own self-indulgence. It frees us and empowers us to love and serve others. And that's why I say free will is humanity's greatest opportunity to bless God. And I need to stop right now because I want to tell you, this is really important. It is really important on May, uh, in May of 2020. We are not all right in this moment. We simply are not. These are tough days for of us, of, of us. This is our 11th week of some sort of physical distancing from when, when COVID-19 really began to overcome our section of America. And I got to tell you, if you're like me, this is getting long as heck. This is getting very difficult. It's hard. And it's not without its results and cost. We knew and we prayed as a church staff that for marriages that were really going well, this period of time when people now have have been 
it's been necessary to spend months together, sometimes working in the same home that, and then working away from home at the same time that they're in their own homes, that the marriages that were really strong, that were founded on the bedrock of Christian principles and the depth of love, that they would get better during this time. And we knew that the marriages that were rocky, that were, that were tough, could get much worse. They could have gotten better and can, some have. But we know among our congregation and in our community and our neighborhoods that some marriages are just getting tough. This is really, really hard. And we know that, that in some families, this has been a great time together and there's been all this celebration of life and maybe you're camping this weekend and, and you've been learning together in the school time and stuff. But for others, this has just been difficult. And some of you have reported that to us and some of you have told us about people in your neighborhoods that this is just a desperate, difficult time in the life of our families. And I know for a fact those in our congregation and those in our community that are living alone, the number of challenges they're facing are just growing. There doesn't seem to be any relief for them. There's no way to take the pressure off of the depth and richness of loneliness. And of course, um, as Vicki and I can tell you, our lives, the illnesses within our congregation, the, the bereavement and grief within our circle of family and friends, and everything else goes on even though we're kind of sheltering in place. Spring now comes and leans into summer. We see around us that there are jobs being lost and, and income uh, decreases are mounting now among us. And frankly, our, our, our psyche, our, our gray matter is being challenged and being challenged in real ways. This has been long. This has been really long and there's still a long way in front of us before we might feel comfortable, before we might feel right, before we might feel safe in, in doing some of the things that we used to do. Now, I said that because it's true, and we love you and care for you, and I want to lean into this in the last little portion. The Scottish theologian William Barclay writes, theology is useless unless it's practical, and that's kind of where I live. So this morning, I want to be very, very practical before we send you out to whatever this Memorial Day weekend brings to you. You see, we are made for each other. We are absolutely made for each other. We are a community of people. And so I unapologetically am encouraging you to love your neighbor as yourself, as this scripture says. To use your free will, for God's sake, to bless others in his name and get specific and get practical in doing that. So I didn't need to create anything new. When you join a United Methodist Church, there are these five words, and I'm going to use the membership words such as it is as a template. When you, when you join the church, you pledge your prayers, your presence, your witness, your gifts, and your service. So, so let me start with your prayers first. You pledge your prayers, and, and, and when you pledge your prayers, and, and I want you to, to right now in your freedom use your prayers to start with repenting for the misuses of your freedom because I know I've misused my freedoms in many ways and so have you. So take a moment to cleanse your soul, to let God take that away and then pray that you might use your freedom well in this time and in every time and pray that as you pray, as, you, as you're quiet before God or maybe as you sing and shout towards God, Pray for the well-being and salvation. Pray for the well-being of your whole neighborhood. Pray for the well-being of your whole family. Pray for the well-being of those people that you know that are frankly struggling right now. And pray for their eternal salvation. And I have to tell you that we need to pray expectantly. 
There are times in our lives where it seems like we've downplayed prayer in such a way that we have no longer signs of expectations of signs and wonders. Let me tell you, God's time of creating miracles is not over. So pray for them now. And I encourage you to give, use your free will to bless others with your presence. I don't know if it's been hundreds of times, but it's been a lot of times when I sit with a family preparing for a funeral, and they will say a sentence like this, Dad was always there for us, which meant in ways that were specific and practical and useful, he was present for them. Now, in the midst of COVID-19 and the world that it's shaping right now, there is lots of emotional, there's lots of psychological, there's lots of spiritual stuff out there that simply needs your presence. And so I, I unapologetically ask you to be there for people in increasingly creative ways because it's hard for us to just walk into a neighbor's home right now. But I encourage you to be there for them, to show up in ways that are necessary. Simply be present. And I encourage you, to give your gifts. Give something to someone else that shows you care, that, that you notice that they're in the midst of this like we are. I mean, maybe it's just a dilly bar from, from Dairy Queen or a car wash coupon. Uh, maybe we haven't driven anywhere, but it's nice to get out and wash our cars or something like that. Maybe you should be giving more to the food bank or, or coming to our next blood drive or some other things. You can't give what you don't have, so give what you can from what you have, and give joyfully. This is the way we can use our free will to benefit others. And we also pledge when we join a Methodist church our witness. I really encourage you to witness to people right now the glory and goodness of God. You're going to be in a lot of physical distance. In my neighborhood, I see us standing across the street or standing across the parking more often than not, talking to each other. But when you have time with your neighbors, when you have time with your family, I don't think it's a bad idea to simply ask them a question. Matter of fact, I think it's a good idea to ask them the question, where do you see God in all of this? I think it's an important question, a question that can be very valuable. And tell the truth of how you know God. Tell why it is that you listen to these broadcasts every week. Tell why it is that you plug in on Wednesday night. Tell why it is that, that, that the Lord is so important to you and encourage, encourage, and encourage others. Give others hope. That our great God is a loving presence and his providence is always over us. And of course, offer your service. Use your skills and knowledge to bless others. Maybe they have a do-it-yourself project that they need help with. Maybe that they, 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 they need something that you have. We have a fellow in our church that went to Israel with us and brought back some olive wood and now makes crosses out of that wood as a memorial for those that, that we've lost this year. And, and maybe you can do some sort of blessing for someone that's grieving. Maybe you can join the homebound communion team. Maybe you can help Kelsey with our technical team. There's a lot of ways to serve others. But what one of my friends used to say is, when you get ready to serve someone, you got to put your tool belt on the outside of your pants. Wear your tool pit belt so that others can see how you can serve them and your willingness to do it. Our free will is our greatest opportunity right now. This is a really important time in our lives. We may never pass this way again. This is a really important time in our lives to use our free will to make the lives of others better. And here's the hope of God for our lives. 
We embrace the grace through which we have been saved and transform it into loving actions on his behalf and towards the people of the world. Listen, it's as easy and as hard as that. You are beloved. I ask that you join your hearts with mine. Let me pray. God, we, we on this day, on this Memorial Sunday, we pray that we might use our free will in ways that are useful in the blessing of others. In the blessing of your children, Lord, we bless you. Lord, we thank you for free will. We would hate to live as robots. We would hate to live a life that is fixed and without uh, opportunity for us to do the things we do. So when you've given us all this opportunity and now you give us a distinct time in which to use it, we ask, Lord, that we use it. And we ask, Lord, too. And I, I pray um, also, Lord, with force uh, that for those that need someone, that need someone to reach out to them, that you inspire them to turn their free will towards the person that's in great need. Father God, we love you. We thank you. And we know at the depths of our soul you are carrying us through this time. Let us rest assured in that. Let us be patient in that. And let us be faithful in the service that we choose to give to you and to others in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, even when you're at home, I know that you are specifically offering gifts and tithes to God. Uh, take a moment while the music plays and... and uh, Dedicate those offerings now.